bro, like that's what people don't understand. They're like, oh yeah, podcasting is cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool until you're trying to have a weekly one where every week you interview someone. You know how people don't understand how hard it is to try to get a guest weekly, have an episode out every week. Welcome, welcome to the very first episode of Chats with Cats. I am your host, Subvert, the cool cat from Hong Kong. And today I am here with the one and only Sniper from the legendary Sit Down with Sniper podcast. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. I greatly appreciate you for having me on. And I'm not going to lie, I'm super excited to see what you're building. So yeah, man, let's hop into your first episode. And I'm excited to talk about whatever you want to talk about, man. Well, you being the guest on the very first episode of the Chats with Cats podcast, obviously we have to talk about you. No, I'm just um, excited to get into a conversation about podcasting and cool cats and Web3 and NFTs and learn more about you and your journey. Tell us all a bit about Sniper and the Sit Down with Sniper podcast. I got you, brother. So it's... It's been a real cool journey. You know, you're a cool cat. I'm a cool cat. And and for those that don't know, I've been a cool cat for, I think, almost three years, two, three years. It's been a while. But uh, starting podcasting, I really wanted to just kind of have a place where I could talk about, at the time starting, I wanted to talk about just NFTs, what was going on in Web3. I really wanted to talk with the creators, founders, Whoever it be in Web3, I really just wanted to learn more about the people that I was working with and working around. And I was just someone who honestly talked too much. So I just thought, you know, why not go do something where I can learn and in the same place teach other people about stuff? So after being in Web3 or NFTs for about a year, I felt like that was a decent amount of knowledge where I felt comfortable to sit down with people and talk and be able to have um, just knowledgeable conversations. And luckily uh, I was able to start that and Cool Cats was uh, able to help me because that would be my identity. And still so um, I used my Cool Cat as my kind of whole brand image, honestly. And it's been very fun i'll say that and uh, i've had a, a lot of fun it, it's it's been a blast and a lot of supportive people like yourself and even all the way down to the founding team but from there after doing the podcast it's now been what like two two and a half years and it's been it's i want to say it's moved more into an interview-based podcast where it's not necessarily only people in web3 but now I'm interviewing all walks of life and people in Web3. So now I'm just moving to kind of what you're doing, where I'm interviewing people and learning their story, finding out more about them and just trying to use my platform to uplift them or just share them with the world or anyone that I can. Man. No, absolutely. Um, if you haven't checked out Sniper's podcast, sit down with Sniper, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts to check that out. One of the things that I like most about your podcast is you have very sharp questions. Like you really get to the point and 
it's it's not like a harsh or mean question, but you really manage to bring out answers that they really get to the deep sort of substance of what the topic is, and whether it's talking to Keith Grossman from from Time Magazine or like Klon, founder of Cool Cats, and a bunch of artists that I had not heard of before listening to the podcast and then I hop on and then I go check out their Twitter page and see their art that really tells the story behind where they're coming from. And I feel like that's, that's especially important in art because if it's just an image, it's, it's, it's just a drawing. It's just a bunch of paint on the canvas, but when it has a deeper story, it has deeper meaning. It, it means so much more. And um, yeah, it's, it's people like yourself that bring these messages out through, through what you do. I appreciate you, man. And, and I've worked hard to um, craft a guest list where I, I just try to teach the listeners, I guess you would say, uh, about the people out there, because I do feel like there are obviously many people in different fields, rather it be a founder or an artist or a creator that may get overlooked or may not even just be seen enough. Um, by others. And that's where I try to to push as many as I can. And that's why I've ventured out more towards just all walks of life, um, not just Web3, because in Web3, we typically know each other. Um, it's not a very, very big space yet. It's still relatively small. So most people know about each other or know of each other. Um, but even People like you said, like Keith Grossman, who had worked for Time and is now the president over at MoonPay. I spoke with Scott Commoners, who is a professor at the University of Harvard. There's just a, a lot of interesting conversations that can be had. And whenever you look around and see who is out there in the space, I think it's really cool just to see like where we all come from or what we're all doing, because I never would have thought that I would be speaking to someone from Hong Kong, or I never thought that I would be speaking to a professor at at Harvard or any really Ivy League school. It's just cool who you can learn and and who you get to learn about. No, I, I love I love Scott. I follow him on Twitter, and we've had some fun conversations back and forth. I think he has a book on NFTs that that came out with um, Steve NFT Bark, and yeah, just just awesome guy to learn from and talk to. From my perspective, like one of the things when reflecting on my NFT journey and like going into 2024 was the space is kind of small. Like the rate of growth of people coming into Web3 is is not as big as it was back in like 2021 or something. And so I do still want to expand my circle, but at the same time, I don't want to leave behind people that I've already met. And so for myself, just on a personal level, I'm trying to dig a bit deeper into the connections I've made and make sure that I connect with these people on a different level than just seeing GM on Twitter or like just three or four messages back and forth. So that's what I'm doing here with this platform. I like it. I like it a lot because I mean, that's, I think a lot of people see the space and they do meet people and they do have friends but even we spoke before we started recording this space moves very very quickly uh, there's been a lot of people that come and go but there's been a lot of people that have just you know i've seen people grow real close and then all of a sudden just just vanish so i tried even myself to 
to remember and and try to even just DM my close friends more often and just try to check up on people and and reach out to them because there's a lot of people that even with my podcast that have supported me or reached out to me whenever times got really hard and I was very very thankful and appreciative for that so I always try to return that and and do something similar like you said and just try to make sure people are okay and just have good conversations with them. And uh, that's kind of what I'm all about too, man. So I'm on a similar path with you and I'm excited to see where you're going with your podcast. I do want to ask you, like, is there going to be a co-host or is it just going to be you every week interviewing someone else? Um, I think it's just going to be me. In terms of like logistics, it really is hard to arrange just even one of these calls, um, let alone like get, two people on board i'm definitely open to it i have done podcasts before with other co-hosts like three people podcasts and finding someone with the dynamic that you can riff off fill in those gaps and complement each other is always definitely something that's really good but it's also hard to find so yeah definitely open to that possibility if you are listening to this podcast and you are willing to to, to co-host hit me up we'll see if we can figure something out but yeah just just at the moment from the beginning it's it's just going to be me having like one on one conversations with friends connections diving deeper and seeing where it goes from there i'm excited man i'm excited now you now you understand the harsh reality of whenever i was bro like that's what people don't understand they're like oh yeah podcasting is cool and i'm like yeah, it's cool until you're trying to have a weekly one where every week you interview someone. You know how people don't understand how hard it is to try to get a guest weekly, have an episode out every week. Yo, y'all, y'all don't understand. Like, Sub is really going to have to, you know, y'all got y'all to gotta show my man some love because I know that this is no easy task, and but it can be very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm very happy to see you jump into it. And I'm very excited to see where you go with it. Um, yeah, man, it, it's just been a journey and I'm super honored that you even chose me to be like the pilot episode. I was super pumped whenever you was telling me about it. Cause I was reading our, our messages and I was just like, Oh, okay. I was excited that you were starting it. And then I got to the, to the very end <laughs> where you asked me, I was like, I was like, Oh snap. I was like, I did not know that's where this was going. I was like, that is so awesome. But um, yeah, man. No, literally, literally in the message, I was like, you're the OG Cool Cat podcast yeah. host. I got to have you on. Like, like, what better way to <laughs> kick this off, man? And, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Speaking of Cool Cats, how did you get into Cool Cats? Like, what's what's your journey been like? And it's been like th- almost three years. Like, why have you chosen to keep rocking with the Cool Cats brand? Um, so that's a, that's a pretty good question. Um, but I was, it's been long enough now to where, I mean, some people do know the story. Some people don't, I know some of the people that will be listening definitely don't know the story, but whenever it started with cool cats, I am not someone who comes from tons of money. So back whenever I first started with NFTs, I started with a very small amount and originally Whenever I got in, I had zero dollars. I was just in communities because I genuinely loved them. And the thing about me was I always liked, always found it about myself that I was like more or less kind of early to things. 
and I felt that way with NFTs, but I just didn't know if like I would ever do anything with it. I thought I just found something kind of early, not that it was going to benefit. Well, I ended up finding Cool Cats and I just absolutely fell in love with all the people in it, just Klon's artwork, which I had seen prior to Cool Cats with the cartoonist on IG and didn't even know that the two were like related anyways. So whenever I found Cool Cats, I was just so head over heels that Klon made these cats, Klon being the founder. And whenever he made these, there was a lot of references to stuff that I absolutely loved, rather it be um, a scouter from Dragon Ball Z or it just be anything that was of relevance to like something of my childhood or just we had a lot of similarities and once seeing that i started i started being really active in the community albeit didn't have a cat and that was fine with me like that was cool i was just gonna hang around but this was at the same time too it did just mint out i think a couple days prior to me joining the server so prices on the cats started to rise they were only 50 dollars to mint and that was already like out of my reach. So you could imagine as they start to go up, they're really out of my reach. That was fine. I thought, you know, maybe one day I can get one, maybe not. I was unfortunately in the space whenever Bored Apes uh, were first around and I <laughs> foolishly passed on those when they were 0.7. So or, or, I feel or, you, man. I feel you, man. I had yeah, the opportunity but, to mint board apes. I didn't do that because I don't like monkeys, and I regret it like probably one to two days every week. Like, yeah, literally, literally, <laughs> bro. I still to this day regret it. And people are like, "Oh, it's fine." I was like, "No, it's you. You don't. You weren't there, so it's it's not fine." Anyways, it was it was super bad. But uh, whenever I got in the cool cats and I started really messing around with like just everyone and just having fun really being active a couple of days goes by and Klon actually contacts me um shout out to him but he gave me a cat long story short um he sent me a couple pictures and was like yeah which one of these look cool to you i was like that one which would end up being cool cat 2512 which is my cat and um from there he was like cool let me send this to you and I, I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly or on any podcast, but I've always said that, like, I wasn't going to sell my cat on the general principle that it was a gift from Klon. Um, now, I don't I don't think it's anyone's business, but I mean, I do think I'm, I'm allowed to sell my cat. It's my cat. I can do whatever I want. But the thing is, I had so much respect for Klon and like what he did for me that like. I literally watched my cool cat go up to like thirty, forty thousand dollars when I was very low on money. And and I genuinely have that much love for the cool cats to where I felt like people ask me all the time, like, oh, if you were so down on money, then why didn't you sell it? And it's because I genuinely and still genuinely do feel that what I can build with my cool cat and my brand image is greater than a $30,000 sale or a $40,000 sale. If I'm able to build something greater than that, 
then never selling my cat was worth it ultimately in my eyes. So, and just the fact that someone was like, uh, like was vibing with me enough to, to give me something they created because Klon was the founder. So for him to give me something he created, he could have been like, nah, forget this kid, you know, money or not. He's given a lot of people, a lot of stuff. Uh, they've given out tons of cats. So, I was really thankful for that. That's what started my journey with the cool cats. And even if he wouldn't have given me one, I still would have bought one because in the future, I still flip things to buy more cool cats with my own money and and made sure that no matter what, nothing's ever happened to my own cat. It's now my image. And um, yeah, the story, the story wrote itself after it, after it was given to me. So it was a fun time. For sure, man. Like, Klon's generosity is just—it's it's amazing, man. Like, it's—it's it's infectious, even. It's like, that's—that's that's what someone who leads a project and like the community shapes itself after that sort of persona. Um, I finally got to met meet Klon, uh, in November, by the way, for for Macy's. That was huge for him, huge for Cool Cats, and just. I had to be there just to just to meet everyone in in New York City. That was that was amazing. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I I feel your story. Like I had the opportunity to to sell my cool cat for like 15, 16 ETH um, when it was at all time high. But at the same time, my cool cat has opened so many doors for me that it's 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 not about the money anymore. It's it's really about like who you are in the space, who, who you vibe with. And it, it is really just a cartoon cat. It's, it's PFP, but it also represents you in some way through the art style, the form, and just the personality these, these things hold. And yeah, crypto and NFTs are 99% similar. And that 1% is the JPEG that's attached to it. And that makes all the difference. <laughs> no, I mean, you're 100 right. And as as silly as it may sound to some people uh, that don't understand or maybe don't get it, but like whenever people say like, "Oh yeah, it represents me. This image represents me," or like it's it's helped me. It's opened doors. I've had people ask me like, "Oh, you couldn't open them doors yourself?" In reality, no. Uh, there's there's things in life where I mean, it might sound harsh or brash, but I mean, it, it, some things you can't get without other things. Um, rather, it just be because it, there's levels or because there's just there's different things. I mean, you can't just walk into a Costco. I know that's a, a very weird analogy, but like you need a membership for some things. You can't just walk into a country club. There's a membership for something. So it's like. Oh, you couldn't just go golf on that course because you wanted to? No, I couldn't because I didn't have the membership. So as as weird as that sounds, I have met a lot of great people through Cool Cats. And Cool Cats was a great place where you didn't need a Cool Cat in order to be a part of like the economy or nothing. Now, if you wanted specific things like airdrops and stuff and you wanted to maybe get into an event for cheaper or for free, yeah, but that's what happens whenever you get a product and you start talking about actual business. Other than that, whenever it came to like just 
the generosity of people and and the people that had cool cats oh man it's it's one of the if not the best when it comes to like genuine people and, and people that i've met so i'll say that all day i mean there's a lot of great projects a lot of great projects bayc and many of them but out of my personal experience i mean i would have to say the nicest people i've ever met it would no joke be from cool cats but that's probably because i've been around them the longest so absolutely yeah. no like like inclusivity and just positivity in general are are things that these are qualities that a lot of people embody within this community and it's it's important to to chat these people out even if um they might not be like just huge personas or anything but um yeah just all the love to cool cats yeah, most, most definitely. Shout out to them and big big shout out to Jarvis especially because a uh, super supportive guy on that uh on that team. Like anytime I've ever done something with the podcast, he's always been super supportive and just working with that team. So big shout out to Jarvis. Eddie works his ass off. That 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 dude hustles. Oh, that's yeah. I, I heard I heard he was hustling in New York. I wasn't. I mean, I was technically in New York, but I wasn't. I wasn't there <laughs> with with the team or nothing. But uh, they they sent me a care package whenever I was in the hospital and and Jarvis he's always took care of me he's always I heard in New York he was busting chops to run around and get everything done and make sure everything was taken care of same thing for Macy's and the Thanksgiving Day Parade he's just always working hard you're right yes yeah, big shout out to him absolutely um what do you think what would you say is your most memorable moment in these like wild three years of like a web three journey do you have any that like particularly stand out to you or like anything that just like immediately comes to mind is that was an incredible once in a lifetime moment that i'll never forget yeah one once in a lifetime um I don't, I don't know that I have many once in a lifetime moments, but I've had some crazy, crazy cool moments. I, two that stick out to me, one, one that people might remember would be uh, whenever I first started up the podcast, after I was a year in, I've worked close with Time Magazine and, um, and them, but they actually held a discussion in their Discord server and they asked me if I wanted to host the discussion because they knew how much I loved podcasting and interviewing. And I got the chance to interview the creative director of Time Magazine, whose name is D.W. Pine. And D.W. is responsible for basically who does the covers and has been doing the covers for Time Magazine since 98. So I think any cover you've seen since 1998 up until now has been picked by dw pine and i want to i want to go ahead and toot my own horn a little bit and say that dw might be the only person in the world and he'll tell you and everyone in time magazine will tell you that knows more about time magazine covers than me so um i have a lot of respect for dw i really enjoy time magazine and i'm a big fan of collectibles so like yeah i do collect time magazine covers and i have very many i have about 50 sitting next to me uh so it was just cool to be able to talk to that guy and then the other one would be uh it was more of a sentimental thing but 
I got to go to LA during NFT LA or whatever it was. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's not much. But I got to go with uh, my best friend who's who I'm super close with here in, in at home. And um, big shout out to David, because it was just a fun moment that we got to go out there. Uh, you know, I'm grown now. So it was just me and him, you know, as first trip on the West Coast. Um, and it was all paid for by crypto. And that's not to brag or anything, but. It's just the fact that like looking back at it now, hindsight, what I was able to do with three and a half ETH was like, I, I legit sold a lot of things just so I could go on this trip and have fun with my friend and kind of have an experience that I've never had before. Just to be all kinds of things. Yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds super awesome. And I think it's, it's important to like take profit at some point, like, it's it's important to like zoom out, see the bigger picture, and not lose touch with reality just because green candles and funny tokens and dog coins are are going up in price. You know, like it's yeah. it's yeah it's it's if you make a ton of money off crypto or NFTs or whatever, like what are you using that for? Is that ultimately going to increase your quality of life? And yeah, travel is one of the things that we have to go and do like that's 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 why we got in touch grass you know it's it's you connect with the world it's it's not web two it's not web three it's just web one no it's just <laughs> one zero but but yeah like, like it's it's important and no no thank thank you for sharing that story it was it's 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 good to know that like even in space full of scams and rugs and pump and dumps and all that there's there's good things that that come out of that as well and i i don't feel like those stories get shared nearly enough no man i appreciate you for allowing me a platform to share those kind of stories man because i also agree and think that they are not shared enough so not even from me just from all the great people that are in the space and around the world because there's a lot of people doing great and a lot of people trying to help and uh, they don't get enough shine. So I greatly appreciate you, man, for allowing me to come on and just share the word. No, absolutely. It's it's, it's my honor to to have you on. Um, before we wrap up, I know you're also huge into basketball. Um, <laughs> yeah, tell us tell us a little bit about like the basketball collectibles that you have. Like, are there any items that you're super proud of? Um, what's your most like precious collectible that, that, that you have, or like what holds the most like sentimental value to you? I would say good. I, li- I like the random question. I like that. I like that. Um, I would say two things that are valuable to me. One of them I showed you earlier would be my Kobe Bryant Jersey. And the reason why that was so valuable is because whenever I was younger, I actually got it at a garage sale for five bucks. And it was sitting with, I'll never forget, it was a Magic Johnson, Shaq, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar jersey. But I was just like, no joke, just a fan of Kobe and knew who he was at the time. So I was just like, I really want this Kobe jersey. And as I'm now 27, and um, unfortunately, the, the late Kobe Bryant is no longer with us, it was cool to look back and see that I still have this number eight Kobe Bryant jersey um, that I do not wear. The only time I ever wore it 
was uh, on his last game in the NBA whenever he scored 60 points. So other than that, I've never worn it. I'll probably frame it. And the other one would be probably my, <laughs> jokingly, but also serious, my D'Angelo Russell autograph from when he was probably 10 years old, 10 or 11 years old. Um, so I went to middle school with D'Angelo Russell and we only went to middle school in sixth grade together. I think it was sixth or sixth and seventh, but he still lived very close to me. But that's when he would start going to different schools. He would do one year of high school in Kentucky. And then that's when he would famously go to Montford and play with Ben Simmons and uh, others and then go to Ohio State and then get drafted by the Lakers second. So big shout out to D. Um, them, them are two really cool mementos that I have. So the Kobe jersey and then the teenage D'Angelo Russell autograph in my yearbook. And it's and it's crazy that D'Angelo Russell has been on a journey around the NBA and he's back with the Lakers right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's crazy how life life comes at you sometimes. Um, yeah. Full full circle moment, man. Full circle moment. He played Absolutely. with Kobe. In on the Lakers now he plays with LeBron on the Lakers. Circle of life, man. Circle of life. Um, but yeah. yeah, thank you, thank you, Sniper, for coming on today. That was that was a great conversation. Um, I hope our audience liked that as much as I did. Sniper hosts a sit down with Sniper podcast. Go check that out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Chats with Cats episode number one and yeah check back in next week for the next episode peace peace